Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from our pastor at Hatchbend Apostolic Church. says for all our days are passed away in thy wrath we spend our years as a tale that is told the days of our years are three score and ten and if by reason of strength they be four score years yet is there strength labor and sorrow for it is soon cut off and we fly away who knoweth the power of thine anger even according to thy fear, so is thy wrath. So verse 12 summarizes a thought. So teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. Several years ago, one of our, um, we were having a like a marriage and family seminar of sorts and we shared a video in that. In that video was a, a, a quite a, a little bit older man who was talking about his life, and um, he got to thinking about these scriptures and applying how much time he may have left. And I think you may remember some of you, if you were here, I think the number was a thousand. He figured he had one thousand Saturdays left in his life, so he bought a thousand marbles. And every Saturday, he would take one of those marbles out. Not to sound morbid by any stretch of the imagination, but what an eye opener that was. Teach us to number our days. And I wonder what we would be doing if there was a clock that was counting down in our life somehow. We could just kind of see that day encroaching upon us. And so today, this evening, I want to just speak from my heart, from the word of the Lord about about God's word. I want to talk about a couple of things, maybe a point and a sub-point here. But I'm thankful for the word of God, and I know that kind of goes without saying, but... I marvel at how relevant the Word of God is today in 2016. When you're reading and studying and, and, and you think about certain things, and especially if you're reading through the Bible, you may have uh, some systematic program that you use to, to read through the Scripture. And as you read about events and you think they're not unlike the day that we're living in. And uh, so the Word of God today is not an antiquated book that was only relevant for a certain time, place, or period, but it's a book that is as relevant today as it has ever been. Every now and then, I know you're standing, but every now and then people will post something on Facebook, a picture of something. It may just be a picture and ask the little question, do you remember this? And I remember not long ago someone posted the picture of it was the floorboard of a car on the driver's side and it was a dimmer switch in the floorboard. And <laughs> and, and, and the sad truth is there's just a few of us in here that remember that. And, uh, and they've been relocated in our minds for a long, long time. So teach us, Lord, 
to realize that there are some things that come and go, but the word of God is that everlasting truth that is as real and relevant today as it has ever been. And so from the word of God, I wanna talk about this evening the purpose of life, the purpose of my life and the purpose of your life. And you can be seated if you'd like. Psalms 90 and Psalms 90 and nine, verses nine through 12. Um, many times these are scriptures that we usually hear at uh, oftentimes a memorial service of some sort for someone who's lived many, many years. We think about those three score years and 10 or by reason of strength there'd be 80. But in truth, this is relevant for us today. God has given us the, the gift of life and it is a wonderful experience. I understand that with life there are many ups and downs and trials and, and uh, things that fill our life often with uncertainty, but in him, in the word of God and in his strength, we, we learn to appreciate not just the challenges of life, but the purpose of life and the potential of life, what God can do with a life, what God can do with a person's life and through them. How would you measure, how would you measure the worth of something when we talk about God? And I don't want to meander from my subject because I may preach about this particular thing later, but we could give you the dimensions of this building and we could tell you that it is so many feet wide, so many feet long, the walls are so many feet high. Its peak would be this and the square footage would be that. So we could give you the measurements of built of this building and and uh, and, and I'm sure that that mathematically we could give you the, the net worth of this building, of what it would be, what it would cost to replace that. And, but what would, how would you put a worth or a value on what this building has meant to so many people? How would you measure that? How, how would you measure the net worth of what has happened? How would you measure what happened here Sunday? How would you measure what's, what's already happened tonight and what's going to happen here this evening? How would we measure that? And so I'm thankful that life is filled not with just challenges. Yes, there's challenges, but I'm thankful that life is filled with purpose and life is filled with such potential and we're never, we're never too old that we can just feel like that we're off the grid and that we are of no value and no use because wherever you are, whatever station in life you may be tonight, God can use you as powerfully right there as he can anywhere else and as he, as he could in any, other, in any other thing or any other purpose that you have served in your life. We understand, of course, that life comes with no promises and certainly comes with no guarantees. And so each individual, we must face life and confront its demands one day at a time. We have no way of knowing what tomorrow holds. We didn't know what today would hold. And so we just have to face today as today. Truly, in every respect, life, every life is filled with ebbs and flows. There are times that things are flowing into your life. Things are flowing out of your life. There are certainly seasons of joy. There are seasons of sorrow, seasons of goodness, goodness and greatness, and seasons of harshness and bitterness. Nevertheless, life itself is such a wonderful gift, wonderful gift. So we need to live it to its fullest. I'm challenged by by people who um, have lived many, many decades and they have not lost their smile. 
God and, and the circumstances of life, God has helped them preserve that all through the things they faced in life. And so if you were to sit down and talk with them, you would realize that that, that smile is not just pretentious, there is depth and breadth to that. And, and we would also realize they're not just smiling because everything has been so wonderful or everything has gone their way in life, but they just made up their mind that, that life is a gift. I'm just gonna live it to its fullest and we're just gonna accept it for what it is and uh, embrace it and, and enjoy that. According to, according to Genesis 2 and 7, God formed man from the dust of the earth. But man did not become a living soul until the Lord breathed breath into the nostrils of that first man, Adam. And we must make no mistake about it that that was a very divine thing that God breathed life. He gave Adam life. And so life is a gift and it's a gift of God. And I'm thankful for that. Life is also filled with mystery. Psalms 8 and 4, David said, quite perplexed, I think very sincerely, David said, what is man that thou art mindful of him and the son of man that thou visitest him? I, I don't I, I read this for what I feel like is the absolute heartbeat of David. David understood the value of God, the magnitude of God, and the magnitude of God's creation. And in, in light of all of that, he asked, what is a man that thou art mindful of him? And so today, even with all of our scientific knowledge and with our ever-increasing technology, mankind has yet to fully comprehend the mystery of, may, of life, the mystery of life. David questioned that if God is so powerful and if God is so holy and if God is so perfect, then how could it be possible for him to be even mindful of man? Why would we even be on the radar of God as minuscule as we may be against the big picture? But one thing that we can never, ever afford to lose focus of is this, is that God has placed within every life that's here a very specific purpose, a unique value upon every facet of his creation. That would certainly include you and I. I don't think that the Lord just spoke a tree or an animal into existence accidentally. I think everything God does, he does with purpose. He does with intention. There's a reason behind it. And so certainly with that in view, mankind is not an exception. Humans were created as the highest order in the purpose of God. Man was molded by God's own hands, made a living soul, formed in his own image. And he did so with an express purpose. There was a defined intention in the mind of God and that was to have personal fellowship with his creation. God desired to have communion, if we please, with the crown of his creation, and that is you and I. God wanted to be with us. Adam's earliest memories of God were him walking through the garden in the cool of the day. That's how Genesis records it, to have fellowship, communion with Adam and Eve. That personal fellowship between God and man it's what makes life worth living. You know, if you, if you view prayer as just some mandate upon your life, if you view prayer as just something you gotta do in order to kind of check that off of your list, you're probably missing the purpose. 
Prayer is a relationship. If we had that same view of, of taking the next breath, then that would become pretty monotonous to have to remind ourselves to breathe, 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 inhale, exhale, inhale, exhale. We understand the value of that and what that means to the full, fullest extent. And so I want to have communion with the Lord and to be in personal fellowship with him, and we do that through prayer. Nothing can compare with living for God. I'm going to tell you that the highest high that this world has to offer would not even come close to matching the power and the presence of what God can do and is doing in the, in the life and the heart of men. There's no amount of possessions, there's no measure of talent that is able to take the place of a personal walk with the Lord. No matter how gifted, no matter how blessed we may be, nothing will take the place of having a true relationship with God. It is, of course, completely possible to live without even any acknowledgement of God in our lives. Millions of people do it every day. Amen. They live without the benefit of God's guidance, without the benefit of God's help, his assistance, his strength. But I'm gonna tell you that it is not the will of God that we live outside of that relationship. He desires that we all would be in relationship with him. During his earthly ministry, Jesus gave very, very clear purpose and definition at his birth. He said, I am come that you might have life, John 10 and 10. I am come that you might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Amen. So there is an intention. God wants to bless our lives. He wants to increase and strengthen our lives. I'm thankful for that knowledge and I wanna lay hold of that claim to him in prayer and in relationship. Through the life that Jesus Christ gave us, we're able to realize that we have potential. Amen. Now this is not a cheerleading class. I want you to understand that clearly, but we must see our potential in God. Not our potential in our own wit, our own ability, our own shrewdness, but our potential in him. We've, amen, we can please the Lord and in pleasing him and living for him, we can have peace and joy and power in the Holy Ghost. As Paul preached to the Jews and the philosophers in Athens, he revealed the basic human need to find and to know God in reality. Here's what he said in Acts 17, 27 that they should seek the Lord if haply they might feel after him and find him, though he be not far from every one of us. For in him, and here's the key, in him we live and move and have our being. As certain also of our own poets have said, for we are also his offspring. In, in him we live, in him we move. In him we have our being. And so if life is to be lived to its fullest spiritual potential, then it must be lived in Jesus Christ. And please hear me now that Jesus is the only hope that we have in this world. Amen. Without him, we are completely and utterly without hope. Only he can restore life to its fullest, to its purity. Only he can take the sinful nature away that happened at the fall of man in the Garden of Eden. And the Lord offers a much higher life than just merely human existence, friend. If you're just existing, then you need to get another relationship with the Lord because God wants to give us something far more than just existence, just the day to day 
grind. But here's the key. The responsibility is ours to seek the Lord until we find him. But that's not all. And when we find him, we must strive to live our whole lives in him. I want to say something that's probably going to come off a little cliche, but it is nevertheless true that the most miserable place a man or a woman, a young man or a young lady can ever be is on the fence. Amen. What I'm talking about tonight, purpose in life and finding our potential in the Lord is only going to be found by those who have committed themselves to live every day to its fullest. I'm going to give God everything that I have. If we just try to be churchy while we're at church and worldly when we're not at church, we're going to find ourselves the most miserable person in the entire world. And we will never, here's the tragedy, we'll never find our purpose and we'll never reach the potential that God has for us. I'm glad that our young people are in this service this evening because I want to speak into their lives as well. Amen. You don't have to wait until you're 20 or 30 in order to define or in order to discover the potential that God has for you in your life. Amen. That, that's going to take diligence on your part. It's not just getting stirred up and then letting that die away, but it's saying I've got to rekindle this again and again and again. That ought to be our priority. I'm going to serve God today. That's my priority. I'm going to live for him today. If you stumble and fall, get back up. Amen. If you make a mistake, brush the dust of that failure off. Amen. Repent of your sins. Come back to God and just keep moving forward. That's the only way you're ever going to reach your full potential. Think about the word of God through the years. The passage of time certainly has a way of changing all of us. Not long ago, we uh, we saw some folks that we haven't seen in quite a while and and uh, they came up and we were kind of renewing uh, just many, many years ago since we'd seen them and, and so they, they were saying, you guys just haven't changed a bit. Now I truly think because they were so sincere that they really meant that. And so I didn't say anything at first but when we were getting ready to walk away the gentleman had already mentioned this a couple of times and he said, I'm telling you, you just haven't changed a bit. I said, I think I have photos at home that would prove you wrong. <laughs> I probably have some clothes in the closet on the other end that can prove what you're saying is wrong, but we won't go there. How about we just move on? Amen? From early childhood... When everything, and, and, and I'm, I'm speaking both naturally and spiritually, when everything was an adventure, every, everything was a discovery, everything was laced in excitement, all the way to the quiet somberness of old age, the Spirit of God is at work in our life. Amen. I'm thankful. I am very encouraged, and I, I said this a moment ago about natural people getting old naturally and remaining, rem, rem, maintaining their smile, but I'm also thankful for senior citizens that have lived for God for many, many years and there's still fire in their heart. There's still passion and determination in their life. It gives me hope that you don't, this don't have, this way doesn't have to grow old and weary, but it can become more precious. The old song that says, sweeter gets the journey every day. Amen, I want that journey to get sweeter and sweeter and sweeter. So wherever we are in life, whether it's that 
youthfulness of everything being a new discovery, bringing about with it its own measure of fascination all the way to the somberness of some older years in serving God. The spirit of the Lord is still at work in our lives. He is still touching me and changing me. I received a phone call just this week. I received a phone call the other night from someone uh, several years older than I and a few days ago, weeks ago, we were together in a conversation and he said something, I really didn't even think anything about it, but he said something in the course of a conversation. He called me the other night and we, we exchanged just a few pleasantries, not uncommon for us to talk at all, but after just a few pleasantries, he kind of interrupted all these how you doing, how's the wife, how's the family, by saying, well, I'm just telling you now that this is a call of consciousness. I said, okay. He said, a few days ago we were together and I mentioned this and he said, and every time I kneel and pray, I hear myself talking to you about that. And he said, I just need to ask you to forgive me. I said, okay, <laughs> you're forgiven. I didn't think it was that big of an issue. Didn't think that, as a matter of fact, if you hadn't brought it up, I would have never thought about it again. He said, well, I'm glad to know that, but every time I prayed, it was just before me and I just needed to make this phone call. And I'm gonna tell you that when I got off the phone with him, I said, God, thank you for friends like this. Because it made me wanna reach up just another rung on the ladder and pull myself up just a little bit higher. Amen, are you with me now? I don't get lost and try to figure out what he was talking about. That's not the point. Amen. The point is, is that he felt like that he went too far in a conversation about someone else and he, and, and he didn't at all. But he said, I just need to get this right. I need to get this. And so I was so thankful to know that somebody so many years down the road wasn't being cavalier and just thinking, well, it don't matter, whatever. Amen. I want to make this right. I want to make heaven my home. And that challenged me to be a better person, a better man. I'm, I'm being very honest with you tonight. Amen. So when I think about the work of God, the spirit of God that's at work in our lives, constantly working, does the Lord still speak to you? Amen. Does the Lord still deal with you in the middle of the night? Amen. In the course of the day, does God still work on us? I sure hope the answer to that is yes. The spirit of God is the difference between a life living without purpose and a life lived with purpose despite its difficulties. Each phase of our lives certainly offers new challenges and, and new adventures in the spirit ever moving us toward more being more spiritually mature. The book of 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 11 said, when I was a child, I spake as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. Jesus knew that just as we grew physically that we needed to mature spiritually. All phases of life, I think, should reflect that ever-changing process. In childhood, certain immature levels of behavior are, are just expected. I mean, we have children in our church, and so every now and then, children just cry out. It's because they're children. And so we don't think anything about it. I just do the best I can do to stay focused. Sometimes it's a little more challenging than at others. <laughs> But we just keep having church. We just keep pressing on. You just keep, you don't focus on that. They'll, they'll get it all together. But if Brother Cadell starts acting like that, <laughs> was, 
All of a sudden, Sherry Nygaard starts crying out and carrying on over here to my left. Well, we, we may need to call the ushers. We may, we may have a, a larger issue that's at work here. And so, and so we, we should all reflect these changes in our life. And so at certain levels of life, certain processes of our life, certain things, certain behaviors, they're just acceptable. It's part of what it is. But, but when that same immaturity is displayed as an adult, then all of a sudden it becomes inappropriate, of course. Amen. In like manner, spiritual immaturity in an adult is cause for concern. There are some things that ought to shake new converts. They will rock their faith. But there are some things that no matter how low Zion dips in the water or even how much water Zion takes on, there are some things that ought to keep us in the boat regardless of what's going on. I'm just here. I'm gonna stay in. Why? Because it's a mark of spiritual maturity. The writer of the book of Hebrews expressed this concern in, in these words, we can find, I think, a, a very powerful principle that we've got to adhere to. And so for greater clarity, I'm just going to read this out of the New King James. Did you catch that? In the New King James, Hebrews 5 and 12, the Bible says, For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. He said, at this point, you ought to be teachers. But we can't, we can't move forward because we keep having to teach you the same fundamental principles, the same things, these oracles of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food. You're going the wrong way. You ought to be a teacher, but you're still a student. And you're not just a student, but you're a student that's stuck on a low level where we just have to keep going over the same things again and again and again. I understand that, especially in a corporate audience, that, that you're, you're trying this evening. I'm trying to reach people that are brand new in the Lord, and I'm trying to reach people that, uh, that have lived for God longer than I've even been alive. Amen. Like 30 seconds of silence, just in honor of that challenge that's been presented to me tonight. Amen, but, but we, we, we understand that at some point we have got to get a hold of some things that are that no matter how long it is in between the times that the pastor teaches on certain things that I've just got this and I'm gonna hold on to it no matter how long it's been since it's been mentioned or, or if, 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 if somebody's trying to help others along and we're trying to teach some things, we can't fold our arms and say, well, I got that years ago or I've heard that a hundred times. We have to realize that there's some things we gotta get to help us not become the student but become the teacher that God is desiring us to be. Now verse 13 says, for everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness for he is a babe. After a while you got to get off the bottle. After a while you got to sit at the table. After a while you got to slide the booster chair out of the way and we just got to have a real meal. We got to get some meat on our bones. It's unrealistic to believe that a, a child could survive indefinitely on milk alone. And so as a child of God, in order for us to grow spiritually, we gotta let our diet grow. We gotta let that be increased and maintain a healthy, progressive walk with God. To be sure in our lives, situations will arise. Someone once said, if, there's, if there is a certainty in life, it is that life is uncertain. The smoothest parts of a road will eventually develop troublesome potholes. That's just how it is with life. Bad things do happen to good people and we can't explain that away. Serious illnesses and, 
and sometimes severe financial loss and painful family problems occur in the lives of good people, godly people. But with the Holy Ghost, here it is. With the power of the infilling of the Holy Ghost, we are not left to this struggle alone. We can find and still find and fulfill the purpose of God in our lives. No matter what we face, no matter what we go through, and I realize that I've got a broad brush in my hand painting, I'm doing that very carefully and gently and with great deference to whatever you may be facing in your life. But I tell you that with the power of the Holy Ghost, we are not in this alone. And we don't have to fight our own battles, but we have an advocate that will and can speak on our behalf and move on our behalf. God does not always choose to eliminate difficulties, but he has promised to never leave us. His presence brings peace. Even in the midst of personal storms, his presence brings peace. And I'm telling you, there's more than a handful of you that know what I'm talking about, that in the midst of a storm, God can just bring peace to our heart. Satan uses every available tactic, every trick in the book to try to defeat, to try to discourage. But while he is doing all of his wares, the spirit of the Lord is simultaneously raising a standard, hallelujah, against every enemy attack. Furthermore, even in the midst of our adversity, God's presence can give us comfort and give us peace. Philippians 4 and 13, Paul said, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Amen, adversities which are a normal part of life are no excuse for not fulfilling the call of God. I'm gonna tell you this evening that some people that are so mightily and wonderfully used of the Lord have great adversities in their life to face. You may not know that because you don't know them, but when you just because you see someone behind a pulpit holding a microphone, smiling and, and addressing an audience doesn't mean all is well in their home. It doesn't mean all is well in their life. I'm not referring to sin. I'm talking about life and calamities. But Paul said, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. And so adversities are a normal part of life. But we have to cope. And so God has a plan for that. Part of that plan includes placing his spirit in our life. The power of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says, for we have a treasure in this earthen vessel. Amen, his spirit. I'm gonna tell you something. Don't try to get through life without the infilling of the Holy Ghost. Amen, we need his spirit to lead us and guide us and speak to us. We can't do this on our own. We're not that wise. We're not that skilled. We're not that talented. We need the infilling of God's spirit. That treasure of his spirit allows us to survive the difficulties of life. The Holy Spirit helps us to maintain His spirit, our spiritual equilibrium regardless regardless of what we're facing. Paul said, of course, a man well tried and well well versed in quoting this. He said, we are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. And so we understand if you've lived very long at all, you understand that no one is exempt from the troubles of life and every life has some measure of trouble. Sometimes we see someone across the way on the other side of town in another state and we think if I just had their life. But no one is exempt, no one. The child of God finds significant strength in times of peril, significant strength. When Paul wrote, we are not distressed, he assured us that the Holy Ghost is more than able to help us 
We're not distressed, not because of our own flesh, but because of the infilling of his spirit. And so to ward off any distress or injury that may affect our spirit, amen, is, is to have the power of God living inside of us to help deflect some of those fiery darts. But we turn to God and realize that he is our help and he's our hope. We may be confused sometimes. That's human, just human responses. We may be we may, uh, we may not have all the answers at times about some of the problems that we are facing, but with the Holy Ghost, amen, with the Spirit of God, we can, we can understand that the Lord will provide some direction in our life, guide our steps. The Holy Ghost will lead us faithfully through every valley experience. The majority of Paul's converts and the churches that Paul shepherded or perhaps we would say pastored, the, the majority of his converts and the majority of the churches that Paul shepherded lived under a constant threat of, of imprisonment. They lived under a constant threat of death. They lived under this constant threat. And so to trust God in this day, at this writing, for protection day by day was not just a phrase and a testimony. That was not somebody saying, I'm trusting God to help me through this day. They were living under the threat of imprisonment. They were living under the threat of even losing their life. Amen. To them, it was a way of life. We're trusting the Lord day by day. Now, in North America, physical persecution is the exception and not the rule. There may be personal insults. Some of you young people may have to adapt and adjust yourself to that. Personal insults or ridiculing words and things of that nature. But you know what? You're gonna always find somebody trying to pull you down, always. Amen, not just about spiritual things, amen, but you're always gonna find somebody trying to pull you down. But rarely does persecution take the form of physical abuse or even injury. So Paul to the Ephesian church says this, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, Ephesians 6 and 12. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. And so we face today, at least in our culture, we face forces of spiritual persecution. Now, I don't want you to think that I'm getting out here and getting goofy and spooky, but I'm gonna tell you that the battle against evil is fought in a spiritual realm. And the battle is fierce, and please hear me when I say it tonight, the battle is real. Amen, the battle is real. And so we have to understand that often the enemy we're facing is not an enemy that we can see, it's only an enemy we feel. Because it is, a, it is spiritual in nature, Amen, but we are not required to battle alone. In Christ, it is the power of Christ in us, again, that gives us the hope of glory and we battle together, we battle together with him against every foe. Alone, we're not much of a match. Alone, depending on your, uh, your emotional makeup, depending on a lot of things. Alone, you may be easily discouraged, some more than others. Alone, you may be weakened easily. You may not have the fortitude to just hang in there again and again and again alone. Alone, we are no match. Our carnality is no match against the wiles of the devil, to use a scriptural term. But with God on our side, we are made more than conquerors. And so when you see somebody living victoriously, it's not just because of who they are, it's because of who's living inside of them. 
Amen. So I want to get the Holy Ghost and I want to keep the Holy Ghost and I want that experience to be renewed in my life again and again and again. At times we may appear to be defeated in our spiritual battle, but the Lord can and will give us victory. So we need never fear being forsaken or destroyed as long as the Spirit of God resides in our life. I want to really make it clear this evening that I fully believe and I know I have scripture on my side that God has a purpose for everyone. Along with his protection, along with his power, God has placed a very special and a very unique calling upon every Holy Ghost filled child of God. Throughout his teachings, Jesus communicated this common thread of the purpose for both the individual and the church. I believe that he intends for every life to be a life that reflects Jesus Christ in our own unique way. You don't need to try to reflect the Lord like I reflect him because we're just two different people. We have two different experiences. We are empowered by his spirit to be witnesses of him. To be witnesses means much more than just teaching or preaching. It also involves a daily walk in holiness, a daily walk in devotion, a daily walk in consecration of absolute commitment to this way. Since God has, a, has appointed us to be a witnesses to his kingdom, then we must each seek to find God's will for our lives individually because what he has called me to do is not what he has called you to do, vice versa. And so to be sure, discovering and following the will of God for our lives can be quite a challenge because it demands devotion and it demands dedication. So as we pray, we must be sensitive to the Spirit if we're gonna be led by the Spirit. At times, God may speak to us in a quiet manner, and I believe that the Lord deals with all of us uniquely in our own way. There are times that God may just speak to us in a quiet manner. There are other times that God may reveal a task for us through dreams or a vision or some prophetic utterance. I believe in that. Still yet, God may give us insight through the teaching of his word or the preaching of his word. We will know his voice, and please hear me when I say this part especially, that it will be in harmony with his book. God will never step outside of the perimeter of this book that I hold in my hand to call us to do anything. And so not everyone is called to be an evangelist or not everyone's called to be a missionary or a pastor, but everyone is called to be an instrument in fulfilling the purpose of God, every one of us. The purpose, God has a purpose for our lives. I want to ask our musicians to make their way to the platform and, and uh, I want to conclude with a few remarks one of the most, I think, uncomfortable and disturbing feelings in all the world for me, and I don't think I'm alone in this, but is to feel out of place. You ever felt out of place? <laughs> sure. You sort of feel like you don't fit. What an awkward thing. So, it's imperative that we find our place. Finding our place in God's kingdom, I believe, brings unparalleled peace in our lives when we know what we are called to do, when we know what our job is and our responsibility is. There should be no room for competition, truly, because we all have a unique role to fulfill. 
I've used this illustration from this desk and many other times in teaching various other places that, that, that we should not be intimidated by the abilities of others, but we ought to be encouraged by the abilities of others because they can do what I cannot do and I can do what they cannot do. And so, but together, all of us as a team can get the job done at the end of the day. I don't have the ability to see an unfinished product or project finished. But I'm so thankful to be married to a wonderful lady who can step into an empty room and view it as a blank canvas and she can paint every corner. And through the years, I've had to just trust that. Are you sure that color? She says, just just be patient. Just hang on. It's all going to come together. And a word that I've learned through the years is the word flow. It will all flow. (laughs) And it does. And so what I cannot do, what I cannot see, if I can trust her to see what she cannot do. Is that all right? I can't see it, but I can do it. She can't do it, but she can see it. So we have to be obedient and willing to walk in order to be a team. And so as a church, let's take that whole same concept and bring that into our heart to realize that not everybody can do some of the things that have to be done. And there, is, and I was talking to someone before church about this just a few moments ago. There are so many things that go on as with anything behind this. There's so many hands behind the scenes. People that never hold this microphone nor stand behind this desk, most of them would not dare want to do any of that. But behind the scenes, they diligently work to make tonight happen. They make this all happen. And so I'm thankful for that. So we seek our place and, and we gotta find that place and that place. Finding that place brings peace. God offers daily guidance for us to accomplish his will and provides us with the courage and the faith that we need to do that. And so when God's purpose or his plan is revealed in our life, then we must do everything within our power to walk in that calling. And we're not suggesting that we never grow beyond that, but just to walk in that calling. And if that's what I die doing, then that's what I'm gonna die doing. To accomplish our calling to the best of our ability, often the calling of God, please hear me, and again, I'm addressing some of our youth tonight, but often the call of God requires some preparation and it requires some training and that means it requires some time. I felt called to preach long before I ever preached because there needed to be preparation, time, Training. Paul explained that every person has a, his proper gift from God. 1 Corinthians 7, 7. It's not on the screen. I'll just read this portion of you. Paul said, but each one has his own gift from God, one in this manner and another in that. <laughs> Do you hear me? Each one has his own gift from God, one in this manner and another in that. So when we understand that God gives certain people to do certain things and other people to do other things. And so whatever that calling is, we must embrace that and accept that. Now, 
Here's one more thing that I want to close with. When God opens a door of opportunity, we need to walk through that door with confidence that we can accomplish the task that has been set before us. Because if we neglect the fulfilling the call or the purpose of God in our lives, it not only affects us, but will affect others around us. This is what Paul said to Timothy, and I'm just going to quote a couple of verses here, a portion of one. First Timothy 4 and 14, Paul said to Timothy, neglect not the gift that is in thee. And then we drop down to verse number 16, and he says, take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine, continue in them, and hear me, for in doing, so, in doing this thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. So when God reveals what our calling is, we need to step into that with confidence. We don't need to neglect that call because when we neglect that call, we not only hinder ourselves, but we hinder those around us. And I'm gonna close and end, wrap it all together with this illustration as we stand. When, when Jonah was called to Nineveh, he first refused to go and obey the command. Here's what Jonah did. He neglected the gift that was in him. Jonah, I need you. Is there someone else that can go? There probably is, but I'm calling you. Is there surely another man, another voice that could speak? Yes, but I'm calling you. And so Jonah at first neglected the gift that was in him. And as a result of that, he suffered tremendously. But can I tell you this? That he didn't just suffer, but the people of Nineveh suffered. Because he should have been in Nineveh long before he got there. But when he repented of his disobedience and obeyed God and went to Nineveh and preached, he didn't just help himself, but revival came to Nineveh. So tonight I'm telling you that that God has a purpose in your life and in my life. We need to discover that purpose and we need to have the confidence of God that he'll help us no matter how out of reach it may seem. When I think of the Lord, I, I don't mean this disrespectfully at all or sacrilegiously, but I often think how the Lord must have a sense of humor because there are times in my life that I can be so socially awkward. And yet God says, I need you to stand up in front of people and talk. And I know some of you would never see me as shy <laughs> or introverted, but it's just below the surface and I have to keep it pushed down. And so I think, are you serious? Are you really serious? But you see, the Lord sees something that in you that you can't see in yourself. And so you may have some real hurdles to get over, some real obstacles to walk around, some real things that you've got to keep in check. But God has a purpose for our life. And while you're waiting or maybe neglecting that gift, someone that needs your voice and your testimony and your witness, their life is on hold as well. Amen. I don't say that to guilt trip anybody, but it's just the real world. And so while you're waiting to figure out, figure it all out, God is wanting your voice and needing your voice in this mass choir. I wonder if we could just step out. Amen. Can we just find a place around this altar? Let's just close our service in family prayer and ask God to help us. 
You may be young this evening and, and trying to discover something brand new that God would open in your life. But can I also say tonight that you may be on the other side of that spectrum and you may not be able to do some things that you have done in times past, but don't, don't underestimate where God may try to use you today, today. Amen. Can we lift our hands, our voices? Can we just embrace the word of God? This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806 or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.